Did you know that, um, like, the makers of that video game, like, flew in a bunch of, like, death metal vocalists to do, like, like the sounds and shit for, like, the hell demons and all that junk and shit? Really? Yeah, dude, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? That's cool. Like, I I would love to play it, but I can't because I'm terrible. Like, I, I'm too old, Arturo. I don't have, like, the, the hand-eye coordination anymore for that shit. I mean, I would love to play it, but I have kids and I'm pro- and I'm just like a little scared, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, you know, like, I have no problem admitting. I'm like, no, I, I'm a little scared. It's like with Resident Evil, right? Right. Yeah. With Resident a- Evil, like the first one, like I started playing. I'm like, you know what? I'm a little scared of this. I'm gonna let my br- older brother play this and I'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's the other thing. I'm a scaredy cat. So that's why it's like I never played Doom. I never played like the OG ones until they made one for '64. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't have a PC growing up, and okay. then yeah, I, I rented it because like you know it looks fucking cool, right? Sixty four, <laughs> man, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, and I played it for like ten minutes, and I was like, nope, can't do it, <laughs> dude. It's uh, it's. I remember playing Doom. Which one was it? The one on the Xbox, bro. Right, the one right. On, on the three sixty, I think it was a uh, uh, Doom three D. No, no, not Doom. Uh, Doom four. Was it? Yeah, it was probably Doom Four. I, yeah, dude. Yeah, it was. It was awesome, but it was. It's fucking terrifying. Like, <laughs> it's. It, I don't have the adrenaline for that anymore. You know, it's just like you mentioned. You're worried, about like, adrenaline, and I remember playing Halo back in the day, and and Halo was cool because you know I can manage like you know the aliens and stuff like that. Right. But then right. with Doom and like Resident Evil, there's they're well made to the point where like the lighting is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And like when you play it obviously in a darker room, it's just for the effect and it's absolutely terrifying. Those guys did a great job. Just just even back in the day, um just even on like a 32-bit system, it was just fucking it was it was scary. I, I remember this other game called the D it was about a vampire. I I bought it at a flea market. You remember our mm-hmm. conversation about flea markets, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like, there's a I lot of shit it, that yeah, doesn't I bought exist it, anymore. I bought this game at a flea market. <laughs> it was for um, it was for the it, it, it was for PlayStation One, right? So I bought it at a flea market, mm-hmm. and it was called D. It was, I believe, a vampire, but it was just fucking hard. It was hard, and it was a walkthroughs for it. Um, and this was like the, the age before the internet got really big with walkthroughs oh, yeah. and shit. Yeah. yeah, before Game Facts, you know. And there you uh, had to it get was the, really the, hard. Yeah, back then yeah. you had to get the the Game Pro and hope you had to get like the Game Pro about it. Yeah, yeah, like. dude. <laughs> but um, then, dude, yeah, they was, have all those they have all those remakes now of like the Resident Evils that you were talking dude, about. I see that they're doing it. They're doing it, and I can't I can't play them. I remember. The, <laughs> when you were back here in New York, they did um uh, the remake or they did Resident Evil 4, was it? Or something like that. Uh, but you remember the trailer? It was like a cabin in the woods, right? And Oh, like, no. Yeah, that was uh, Resident Evil 7. 7. Yeah. Okay. Uh, dude, 
that was intense. Just just that trailer. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Dude, I mean, I, I have no yeah. problem watching it. <laughs> I have no problem like seeing somebody play it, right? Because like it's like watching a horror movie, right? But yeah. Playing it and and being immersed in that environment. I'm like, I I prefer to be um to to step back and have a, a good omnipotent kind of view of everything instead of trying to figure out what's around the corner dude isn't that wild like uh I, I, for the same reason i avoid like horror video games i can watch horror movies just fine you know but it's something about dude, playing it like, like also like i don't like going to haunted houses like I've, <laughs> I, I have done them you uh-huh. know like you know like in college and shit but like I've gone to them and shit like that, but I just I don't like people touching me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that experience of not even touching you because they're not really well. They get really close. You know, they and, do get close. Yeah. Like I I I don't remember signing a waiver each time I go in there, right? But it's because they put the little board of rules or the board of like little. This is what's going to happen in there, and it waves them of all liability. Yeah, so the people in there feel free to like fucking touch you and like walk up to you. And yeah, all that shit. and like I don't like that. I'm not down with that. Nope. I don't like. Nope. I like my my bubble of space. You know, <laughs> um, like if I don't know you, you shouldn't be in that bubble. Um, Dude, like I, yeah, I don't like. I don't like. I understand it, and I understand why people like enjoy doing it. I don't understand why people enjoy like the very hardcore ones when where they absolutely just fucking terrorize you and torture you and shit. Oh pretty yeah, much. yeah. Like I saw a documentary on Netflix. Um, I think it's called um, Haunting or some shit like that. Um, it was about these people who just have these like extreme haunted house attractions really yeah and they have to like get this like legal waiver signed and it's it's not even the maker of the haunted house because i understand them they're there for to give you an experience it's it's weird like to be on the other end though like you're you're choosing to do this to yourself you know like i'm not again like i'm a big horror guy and if you enjoy that by all means more power to you um but i'm I am the the least bit interested in that. It looks terrifying. It looks just as like an invasion of just your personal space. Like you definitely have to just like Google like extreme haunting houses. And it's like, dude, legit, there was one where you had to sign this waiver, right? And then at some point, they would just come and fucking kidnap you. And then like, yeah, and then it would start, you know? So they would kind of do like like damn your waterboarding kind of tactics that i've seen they would put you in like a coffin they would like dude just completely like soak you in quote unquote or or fake like you know bodily fluids and all that shit dude it's hardcore man dude like i you said it perfectly arto i like distance i think that's why like i can't play horror games for too long yeah (laughs) because i you know it's different when you're the one like forcing yourself through these things that's what it is like a movie like you said a movie i'm just fine because it's not me (laughs) i i can i can disconnect myself from that reality for two seconds and be like yeah because Shit's scary. There's like scary visuals and you jump, of course, you know, but like it, you know, you're not immersed in it. I mean, there's, there's a difference between a movie immersion and like that shit. Like, you're right. I don't, yeah. It's, I don't um, under, like, I don't understand it, but like, you're right also. Like, if, if that's what you need to be scared, cool. Cool, you know, Go exactly. For it, you know, <laughs> it's, um, it's like you have these games that for instance that friday the 13th game where you play the camper 
or you play Jason and you just attack, right? Mm -hmm. There are those kinds of games which they're horror games, but they're not like built to kind of like just fuck you up. You know what I mean? Right. Like they're not built to like completely shake your senses like Resident Evil is or a Doom is, you know? And that's the kind of horror game that I'll play, you know, because it's just, hey, let's go hunt people down. And just yeah, play, you know? like it's the, <laughs> it's the environment, you know, yeah. but it, it's not like a total, like, because uh, Resident Evil 3 came out, like they did the remake recently too. And like it's... It's wild how good this shit looks now compared to like, you know, oh, dude, like ridiculous. comparing stuff to when we grew up. Remember when stuff like that like was the norm? Yeah. You know, and like yeah, like Doom 64, that was the norm, you know, or your Turok or your like your uh your D. It was all just like the norm, but then now you look at like Doom Eternal and you're like, god damn, like why <laughs> it's so realistic and it's freaky like, I, I want to play it just to kind of experience it. Yeah. Like because you- it looks just visually, it just looks so good. I just want to be like, like I want to play it when it comes on sale on like a holiday. Oh, yeah. Sale, I want to buy it know? for like when it's like 10 bucks, dude. I'm yeah, exactly. Yeah. When it's super cheap or when it's on PS Now. Yeah, so PS word. Now, please, you know, if you can hear this, <laughs> you know, um, if you can get Doom Eternal on PS Now, uh, I'm definitely down to. Uh, you know stream that shit but you know just to wrap up this little video game talk have you heard about the new predator game predator hunting grounds i've heard about it it's it's along the same vein as like the friday 13th as right? friday the 13th yeah that's why i brought it up because or it's like it's, one one predator versus everybody dude okay. it's it's yeah it's like one predator versus uh it's either you hunt predator versus predator or predator versus humans i think i saw in the trailer Okay. It looks it looks pretty dope, and and there's a shitload of different kinds of predators you can pick from too. Yeah, that's a neat idea. Uh, uh, Fuck they, it. I mean, yeah, I you should have. If anything, they should have put the characters from the movie in the game. You should have like fucking Schwarzenegger's fucking guy. You, you should know have what? like it, Carl Weathers. It, it would have been dope to have Dutch and shit. Yeah, you know what but, I mean. Um, I like, think just, that could have been just rights or licensing or something. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. But it would have been cool to like be like, no, nah, I'm gonna be Dutch this round, you know, or like you know, they all have like their different skills and you have the fucking you have Ventura with this fucking minigun, you know. <laughs> Dude, you know what though? It's it's coming out April twenty fourth, so Oh um, yeah. Well good luck to them. Yeah. yeah, I know. Let's see if they have a demo, I'm definitely down to play a demo. But um, you know, video games. And welcome to episode uh, thirty one of the official Corpse Feed Podcast, The Morgue. And with me, as always, is Mr. Nick Valdez of comicbook.com. Mr. H- Producer, how you doing? Howdy everybody. How you doing, Arturo? I'm doing all right, man. You know, taking it day by day in these crazy times. But we're here to talk about another crazy kind of movie, which I thought I was, I thought I really, really liked. Um, so we definitely have are gonna have a good conversation <laughs> um, about uh, about Hellraiser. Um, let's just get right to it and just start breaking this fucking thing down. And obviously, if you do not know, uh, the uh, story was uh, written. Uh, by Clive Barker, yes. and I believe he also directed the film. Um, and um, Clive Barker, uh, he has others like The Lord of Illusions, which was very out there. Um, my favorite Barker story was uh, is uh, Midnight Me Train, uh, mm-hmm. great movie, uh, very underrated movie when I first uh, discovered it, um, and it's be it's got his following, which is great. And he's uh he's interesting. Um, and Hellraiser is interesting. It just feels like um Hellraiser is pretty much it's uh 
it's very Clive Barker esque. It's uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's it's very out there. It's very it's um it's he likes to push things. No, like horror fans, like they Clive Barker is pretty synonymous with like you know what kind of movie you're getting. Where it's more about like the, the visuals <laughs> more so than like we we talked the story. Yeah, yeah, we've we've talked about this at length before too. I think with uh, when you brought up Midnight Me Train before, but we never really dove into it. But But you see, but but Midnight Me Train actually has an interesting story. Yeah, you see, and that's the difference between like exactly. We'll we'll get into it with Hellraiser, especially, but like Clive Barker is always like you'll get cool looking shit, but at the end of the day, like that's just it. That's just it. Um, It's cool looking (laughs) shit, but you're but like. All right, so I first discovered Hellraiser fucking years and years ago um, as a teen, right? And mm-hmm. um, or, and even earlier, I saw the terrible remakes on TV as a younger dude as my parents were watching TV and shit, right? So um, I know of Hellraiser, but then I really saw it in depth. At, at, I think when I was in high school, and yeah. you know, you know, I I loved it because just visually, it was kind of you know, it it was awesome visually, and the concept behind the whole thing was was cool and it was you know it was oh shit this is great and blah blah and all that stuff as a teenager right so you know and through the years i still enjoy the concept um at the core of the story um <laughs> but watching it i actually watched it today um just so it can be fresh in my memory and mm-hmm. man there are a lot of issues um with yeah. this movie um that honestly if the visuals can't really save it um because they are so sandwiched between what's supposed to be a story mm-hmm. that, like, yes, when you first watch it for the very first time, I can, uh, you'll be kind of struck with the visuals, and and that will leave um, an imprint on your brain after you watch it. So you'll be talking about it, but you'll be talking about it not really because it's story. Right. You'll be talking about it because of the crazy Cenobites. You're talking about it about the awesome. Um, Lament Configuration, which is the name of the box, of the puzzle box. Um, you'll, you'll talk about just the visual stuff you saw, but you won't talk about fucking Larry and Frank and Julia and that relationship, which is like very questionable. And then how, you know, his daughter comes back into the picture and, and yeah. how his daughter is trying to find a job. And there's this, there's this underlying kind of family story going on in there that is, I guess it was just thrown in there to kind of keep the the visuals kind of coming at you, right? So right. like, uh, so Hellraiser, it's a movie about you know, it, it's so it's this guy who finds this mysterious box that we later find out's the you know lament configuration. Well, and, well, well, he really didn't find it. He bought it from somebody. Oh, right, he bought it from Remember? the the Chinese guy. It's, yeah, which is, which is another dated thing. That's like, ooh, yeah, you know. <laughs> What what are your pleasures, from, my friend? Yeah, yeah. He bought it from the from the guy who's selling the evil crusty in Simpsons. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pata- <laughs> it's you know what? Benzoate. Like the old Asian guy who sold the gremlin, right? Yes, Gizmo, yes. Right. It, that was such a common thing back yeah, then. Looking it at it now, that like, was an eighties thing. It was an eighties thing. Yeah, like For you. Sure. You said it perfectly, Arturo, before we get into the story, or quote-unquote story, right? Uh, my history, too, is I saw it as a teen, and that was actually... I've only seen it, like, three times throughout my life. 
Like I, I saw it as a teen, kind of halfway. I saw it as a teen, like like about halfway through. You know, because it, it, it's the kind of it, it's the imagery. And back then, that was the first time I saw that kind of wild shit. It's the and wild, it, cool shit, dude. Yeah, and it did it did freak me out for a while. You know, and then you know, then I saw it in high school. Same thing as you, Arturo, because you know when you're an edgy teen. You're like discovering horror for the first time, really, right? Exactly. Yeah, we, just, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, exactly. By discovering it, you mean kind of like more of 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 just understanding it. Yes, you know I mean? like and, it, yeah. yes, because I was adding the scare factor. Yeah, because I was at that point in high school where I was beginning to like understand my movie tastes and you know yes, and looking exactly. at movies at a, at a different way instead of just being like, oh, I'm just watching i yeah you know what i mean but yes, you know absolutely. also thanks to circuit city back in the day and best buy uh <laughs> for being around because uh this fueled my uh my musical taste and my dvd collection as nice, well dude. so yeah. uh, thank you circuit city yeah uh, no. <laughs> no straight up r.i.p circuit city no but y- you you said it perfectly like it's it's great for when you're an edgelord teen, you know, when you're full, you're full of angst and you're like, you're hating the world. And you're like, oh, this is so cool. You know, wa- watching it as an adult, you're like, I'm you tr- at the height of puberty and shit, right? <laughs> yeah, when you're trying to understand yourself. But then, you know, you, you watch it as an adult and then you're like, actually, like, I'm actually, you're right. Like, I'm actually seeing it seeing yeah. it for the first time and i was just like wow <laughs> yeah like, this really and then didn't... on top of that i was watching it to analyze it you know what i mean uh-huh yeah um, i was like this which just which didn't help its cause at all absolutely not um <laughs> and um it's uh yeah so like i said um he buys the box right so, so yes. that's the first thing you kind of see you see this grimy little hand Right, with a bunch of dirty fingernails putting a bunch of cash on the table. And what he's getting is this box, the lament configuration. They don't call it that in the movie. Um, you find out in the series that, that that's the name of the box. Yes. Um, from there, they go on and they tell the story of Frank, where he kind of was living, at, at, uh, as he says, at the edge, right? And he wanted to experience more. And I guess he heard about the box or something. Um, they don't really go into detail like that. This is why they do all that stuff in the sequels. Terribly, by the way. But uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so he does that. So he opens, he he finds, he, he solves the puzzle box, right? Um, by solving the puzzle box, you open this fucking portal or this door um to you know to hell where you get um, pinhead and the other cenobites and from there you know they show you all the pleasures and the pain that you would like so yeah so off the bat you get some really cool visuals that that kind of help the filmmakers captivate the audience right yeah like so, so if it, that's if it wasn't the big for, thing there yes if yeah. it wasn't for that stuff right at the beginning yes you know because there there is a long and I need long stretch. <laughs> yeah, because like, like pretty much, uh, that's the that's the first you know what like eight minutes of the movie or something. Oh yeah, like where yeah. you get it, where you see his skin get ripped off by hooks. Yeah, like it, yeah. it's the whole story of him getting the box, and then you get into the actual movie. Yes, you know. Yeah, so that's how they really get you. Like that's that's smart though. It's, it's like, the hook, you know. It's the, yeah, it's the hook because. In my opinion, probably Hellraiser probably reads better um, yep. as like a more in-depth story where you, where you can get darker and you can get very detailed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and where the detail fills up the space, I think that works better in a story. In a movie, you can only do so much, especially you get the visuals right. You know what I mean? At the time, the visuals, they're great. And they're great even now because they're nice oh, and practical. Yeah. And everything looks too. very gnarly like- and shit. It still looks good. Yeah, like that. I mean, like the we'll we'll definitely we're gonna. Say, I was like, we're we're like right on the edge of just being like ah, but <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that's dated, but that stuff is the stuff that aged well, and that yes. works. That definitely works in its favor. It so does. The fact, the fact that like the meat chunks and all that looks. Yeah, because like you want to keep watching it because you want to see more cool shit. Yes. You don't want to keep watching it to see the story progress. Like, all right, so let's talk about the story. All right, let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, because we've been we've been holding back, man. Yeah. Like, all right. So, the, <laughs> all right. So the story itself is there's a lot of holes in here. It's it's Swiss cheese and it's just weird. It's a weird fucking story with weird characters that really have no dynamic, yeah. um, and no real persona per se, um. Except yes. for um, yeah. the daughter, uh, Kirsty, but she, she like, for some reason, they gave her a character. You know what I mean? Um, I guess because they chose to uh, to have her as the main protagonist. So I guess they were like, all right, let's give her some kind of development. Oh, she needs a job and she wants to live by herself, right? So you kind of get the semblance that since uh, you find out that, um, you know, her dad remarried and he is now moving into his his mother's old house, which his brother lived in, which is brother who got devoured by the Cenobites. Um, so, like, I, it's, see, it's just so much. It's they try to do a family thing. So the dad wants the daughter back in his life, moving in the house, and she wants to have her own independent life. You know, she wants a job. But then, like, there's this other craziness going on. But And then you have Julia. Like, all right, it's just fucking confusing. So the wife, right, of Larry, Larry's wife, Julia, she had an affair with Frank, right? Yes. The brother. That's the whole thing. That's how Julia is tied to it. But it, it was such like like a toxic affair that it left it just left her kind of changed, I guess. Yeah, um, like he he's such an asshole and he's such a terrible person to her specifically too. Yes. On, on top of that, but for some reason, she's hooked to that. Like yeah. he, she, you know, it is she's hooked to that terrible person. And, you know, and then, of course, he, I guess that's the story that he drags her down to hell with him, essentially. Like, you know, because he, so Frank, Frank's soul somehow escapes from the Cenobites and starts rebuilding himself along with Julia. Which they never explained, by the way. Oh, yeah, they never explained how he gets away. And... (laughs) They, Which would have been the more interesting story, in my opinion. Yeah, if if honestly, we should have had the whole movie about Frank specifically. But, but then Frank is a piece of shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. he's he's such he's such trash that you don't want to know anymore about Frank. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. you can deal with Frank. At least you you can deal with him in his monster form. You know what I mean? As the credits call him, Monster Frank. <laughs> uh, but like. In his human form, he was just trash. Um, so it's um it's hard to kind of go with that story because that that story is it's a very bleak story if you think about it. Because the guy went looking for kind of uh, for those pleasures and those pains and shit. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he went looking for that. So there is no redeeming quality there. 
Yeah, it's like, yes, you managed to escape them, but you wanted to be there in the first place. Yeah, it's like, why would you escape if that's what you wanted? That was yeah. The, that's the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. And and then, you know, then, of course, his toxicity drags Julia into this, but she willingly does so at the same time. Like, she she's willingly helping him by drawing these other awful dudes to her house, like, that yeah, want so, to sleep with her. That's the so, other thing. Yeah, so she goes out hunting pretty much, like, every day, like, like to a bar and picks up a guy because um, – so, yeah, so uh, Larry cut his hand um, on a nail in the house, right? Uh, Julia's husband. And the blood spilled on the floor of the attic where Frank was last seen. And that blood kind of started to uh, uh, reincarnate. You know, fucking Frank's body and shit. So Frank needs blood. So he sends Julia out, which she agrees to bring him pretty much, you know, you know, pray. Just bring him people so he can fucking suck the blood out of them pretty much or the life out of them. I don't know how that works. I wish they would have shown that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was a big lost opportunity, especially if you're already giving us all these crazy wild visuals why not show us how he just fucking sucks the life out of these fucking people yeah like it's implied that he like takes their body meat you know he just sucks the meat off of them yeah yeah like that meat becomes his meat and i want to see that (laughs) i do want to see that um all we see is like opportunity yeah because all we see is the result you know every every time he like comes a little more together and julia starts to like you know become more attracted to him like it, that's the other weird thing too like this this dynamic is so like it's so unexplained because every time we see a flashback like we we always see him being a terrible person oh and yeah it's like a piece of shit yeah and it's like wouldn't you wouldn't you show us a flashback where you know like maybe you know because a lot of these toxic relationships there's always the part of it like let's go back to invisible man right yeah <laughs> yeah where the, the guy yeah, is like oh where he's like oh i love you and i'm taking care of you and here's the spread of all your you know all the things you know yeah you, all your favorite shit yeah it's like you would get you would get the scene where you always get with the asshole where he's like oh i'm sorry i'll never do it again or i didn't mean to do that to you you know classic shit but you get none of that here and it's like why you know what's drawing you to frank so much that you're willing to do all of this yeah like frank pretty much even threatened her husband remember he was like oh uh like he takes out his switchblade knife and he pops it out and he's like oh we can take care of frank i mean of larry and then she's like oh no not larry and and i'm like yo this guy's saying we can kill your fucking husband (laughs) <laughs> right and she's like no you can't do that you can't do such a thing and like you see frank is such a piece of shit so larry and frank are brothers obviously um if we didn't say it before um but like the guy is such trash that he wants to kill his own brother but there's no story behind that there's no story behind the brothers and their relationship if anything they don't even look like brothers they right? don't yeah they that's really the don't. Other- <laughs> at all like one of them looks like you know caucasian wasp american the other one looks like italian american dude you know i, mean? I completely forgot frank looks were- italian yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot they were brothers until I saw it, like, for the show. Like, <laughs> like, I completely forgot it. Yeah, I, and then and the guy, like, so, yeah, so Frank, Italian Frank, I'm going to call him now. <laughs> the, the Italian Stallion, right, Frank Stallion. Yeah, word, right? So, Frank Stallone. <laughs> so, so, uh, so Frank over here, he's such trash, so he wants to kill his brother, and there's no explanation behind the relationship. There's no explanation as to why Frank was still like like why he kept the house after his mother left apparently 
The brother says, oh, he has it as a hideaway house. So there's stuff that happens with Frank that that could have been a good story, too. You mm-hmm. know, like there could have been an underlying story of of him finding like the underlying story should have been the box and what happens with the box. Um, and then on top of the like on top of the underlying story would have been that that whole frank and larry relationship and that and that frank story arc that's the way they should have done it as to how what happened to frank and like how is who is he because you don't know who the fuck frank is besides this guy who went looking for a fucking box right like you don't know who he is you don't know why he's like that like you don't like his brother talks about oh he's uh, he could be in prison again he could be squatting he could be another one of those uh, famous frank getaways it's like what are you talking about like who is like, That's why true. do you throw a person into it like that without even giving you a little snippet of uh, of the history of this guy? Like, what did he do in the past that he he that he's such a piece of shit that he's such a runaway? You know that he would that he wants to kill his own brother that he sacrifices <laughs> Julia. You know what I mean, yeah, like, word, dude. Like, he he kills Julia by mistake, right? <laughs> Pretty much, but you can tell he he would probably kill her like anyway eventually, yeah. right? So he kills Julia by mistake. And then he kind of like he comes like earlier in the movie he comes on to his niece like it's just he's just not a good person and you can't just throw you can write a person like that for sure but you have to kind of give us why that person exists yeah you know like, what I mean it would be another thing altogether like if he was just a curious dude who like found a box and then became like a demon dude. That would that would solve this whole conversation. Yeah, we're having right now I thought about it. like I thought that was the I thought that was the the thing before. Like when like seeing it now, I'm like, whoa, it's way more complicated. Cause I thought yeah. he just became a demon dude, but I'm like, no, he's he's just an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like he even tells Julia like, oh, so um, I like all right. So f- from what I gather. Uh, about Frank, it seems like he was, you know, he, he's like a vagabond, you know, he he's like a thief, a robber, he lives on the run kind of thing, right? So yes. he's lived a hard life and he's experienced a lot of shit. So he wanted to experience more. That's what I got. Uh, that's what I gathered from his conversation with Julia, right? So he wanted to experience more and to see what else was out there that he didn't try because he probably tried all kinds of drugs and he's probably killed people before, stolen money and undone all that criminal shit, right? So he was like, what else is out there? So I guess he heard a about the box that's the thing like you don't you don't find out where this like you have no knowledge as the audience of where this box came from at the end it's very let's talk about the end oh oh, well we'll we'll talk about the end later on but um yeah i was like because there's there's a lot there's uh, yeah yeah the end shows you where the box came from but then it's like a time warp i don't know but uh, (laughs) uh but yeah so then, like I was saying, you don't know where this box came from, but Frank, I guess, heard about it because he goes off to wherever he is in Asia and pays a dude a hefty amount of money for this box, right? So after that, he figures it out. Um, and again, he goes back to America, I guess, right? Or did he go to Chinatown or something? I don't know, right? Yeah, like you, <laughs> you would don't never know. know. Yeah. You, you don't know. So, and then he apparently still holds on to this house. Um, and he lives in the attic, right? And he did this ritual where he, I don't know, you see, but also he was, he was doing it in a very 
ritualistic way, but it just seemed like you don't have to do any ritual to open the fucking box up. You just kind of mistakenly open it up, you know? Yeah. But he was doing some kind of satanic looking like dark magic shit, right? That's yes. what it seemed like. But the, with the fucking rats nailed to the wall, right? And the yes. fucking, he, he was in a sigil, right? He was in a circle. <laughs> so it was very, maybe he, he thought it was a circle of protection, maybe. Yeah. So he activates the box. And and then he gets taken to hell, right? But then you don't get the story of how he escaped. That to me is more interesting than anything else. Like, okay, how did you escape these guys? Because they fucking tore you apart. (laughs) They tore you apart. And I want an explanation as to how this blood all of a sudden like falls on this thing and it wakes you up. Like it, it um what's the word it reincarnates him like i don't yeah, understand like, that it's it starts rebuilding his body it starts rebuilding like his soul or some shit like yeah his heart like starts pumping that was his heart pumping which was yeah. pretty dope again the effects look dope it looks really cool um, oh yeah like when he's like from the very beginning when he's tiny demon friend. yeah yeah <laughs> like, yeah that little voldemort right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah when he's voldemort frank he looks great and you know, and then when he's finally like skinless, Frank, he looks great. Yeah, but, like I agree. It, but you're right because if he, if the box turned, like if all that sigil shit turned him into a demon, then all this stuff would be just fine. I'd be like, oh, okay, he was an asshole before, but that final thing like made him a perfect demon. But yeah, th- no, but no, he was just an asshole. Period. He's like, just an asshole who escaped like, from hell. And- that's just the way he is. Which again. Like, I don't mind that kind of character because he's a villain. He's a real heel. Oh, yeah. I mean, Um, but you have to kind of have to explain it a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like, like, you know, there's uh, people have their own boundaries for assholes and they have their limits. You would need to explain why these people still have him in their lives. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. uh, 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 For instance, in, um, in the Daredevil show on Netflix. Yes. A Wilson Fisk, he's a piece of shit, but you see his history and you're like, okay, you get it. You know what I mean? Like, you get why he became the way he is. You know what I mean? So you don't need any other, you don't have any questions, right? Um, and like, okay, so if you want to talk about movies, if like, if for instance, Halloween, right? You get Michael Myers. Jason, you get where he came from. You know, Freddy, you get it. I mean, you get the heels. You understand where they came from. And if this was truly supposed to be like a long story, um, Clyde Barker did a shitty job of introducing his universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's it's all him because he directed it. So being the writer and the director, you choose how you want the flow and how you want the audience to absorb the story. Um, and like I think if if your universe – because honestly, it just seems that the his main universe is just the Cenobites. Everything else is just – it's supporting cast is just like a, a, a supplementary kind of role, pretty much. Yeah, and you wouldn't expect that in the first movie too, because like the the Cenobites, like I I don't know if you want to start breaking it down, but like they they're kind of just a prop, you yes. know, like. It, seeing it as an adult again, like like I said, edgy teen, cool. I was like all in. And an adult, I'm like, wait, they're only in this movie for like five, ten minutes, I think at most. Like- yes, that's what I also found problematic. I was like, I had let I, I led myself to believe yeah. that they were in that they are the movie. 
You know yeah. what I mean? But it's like, oh, it's not. I think it starts more in Hellraiser 2. Yeah, it's, start, it's when yeah. we start getting into this universe. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But it's uh, it's it lacks substance. It lacks kind of direction, you know? Yeah. Um, in, in, like in my opinion. So – the story continues. Uh, Frank is, you know, is back. You know, he's looking cool. He's all kind of bloody and shiny and he's wearing clothes and shit. You know, he's just, I guess he's a dickhead. But yeah. It's like, like I said, he's just, he's a dickhead. He just wants to kill everybody. I got to admit, him wearing clothes is a fun touch. I do, it is. I, like, I do like that. I enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> yeah. It was very cool. And as, as a touch in part two, Julia shows up in the same way as yeah. well. And that was, and that's fucking great too. But um, but yeah. So Frank shows up, and pretty much Frank is trying to run away from the Cenobites, right? So his whole thing is like, oh, I have to get reinvigorated enough and built back enough to be able to kind of run away with you, Julia. Are you in, right? So he does this, um, and he's kind of successful because he kills his brother. Right, yes. he kills his brother and he steals his skin. Pretty much acting like it, uh, confusing his girlfriend. I mean, confusing um, confusing his, the, the niece or his the daughter. daughter. Yeah. His daughter. Well, no, confusing the niece into believing that that is her father. Yeah, like the um, come to daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also kind of like, ugh. Like, yeah, it's it's really creepy on top of like the fact that he was like hitting on her. And it's like, yeah, you, this film really didn't need incest on top of everything else. And, right? and then on top of that, he said it in like in his human form to Julia. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, dude, like <laughs> you're so gross. Like it, it was an extra layer that we didn't need on top of everything because like we already get it. <laughs> it's like we don't like him already. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and um, so yes, yeah, uh, support Kirsty, um, who gets called Christy by her by her would be boyfriend at the end when the house is fucking. Oh yeah, down. it's weird. He's like, right? he's like, Christy, be careful. And I'm like, wait a minute, buddy, you forgot her name already. <laughs> it's like, geez, man. I guess I see how it is. So yeah, um, let's 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 talk about that ending then. Yes, um, we're, we're yeah, dancing around it. Right? Yeah, there's yeah. The, there's not much else to talk about behind the movie. So, um, yeah. So, oh yeah, uh, real quick. So, uh, you know, Kirsty figures out a way to steal the uh, the, the box from Frank after you know he after she she discovers him mm-hmm. and she barters with the Cenobites right to um to kind of hey. To take Frank back to where you came from, right? Which, you know, it's weird because she doesn't offer him up. They, they like offer it up to her. That, that's another weird thing too. They're like, "We'll take him instead, the one who escaped from us." And I was, yeah, just like, but, I was like, "What?" But they, but you have to remember, they also said for now. Oh yeah, that like was the thing. yeah, this works for now. Um, but uh, but yeah, so this brings us to the end, right? To the ending. Kind of sequence where you know the Cenobites uh, find Frank, uh, and then the house kind of you know destroys itself and then disappears, right? Yeah, it, it, yeah. all you had was like some bonfires left, pretty much after <laughs> the house disappeared. Um, and then this, uh, so she throws the the box into the fire, and this homeless guy who once appeared at her job shows up, picks up the box from the fire, and then burns himself like in self immolation kind of stuff. And she's horrified. And then this fucking guy, this fucking guy has the nerve to turn to a fucking, what is it, like a skeleton dragon demon or something? Yeah. 
Like, is that supposed to be the devil? I don't know. You know, so then, and then he brings the box back, and the box is back with the Asian guy, and he's selling it to Frank. And then you, you can see... Like in the middle, in the circle of the box, like at a distance, like fading away, um, a, a Kirstie and, you know, her boyfriend and shit. And then we're back at the beginning. And why? I legit had to stop the stream and make sure <laughs> I didn't. Re- Dude, I-, I swear, I had to stop the stream and I had to make sure I didn't accidentally restart. Because right. I was like, wait a minute, like, what? This is a shot from the f- beginning of the movie. And then it just ends. It just yeah. ends. Which is interesting then because, like, part two should be interesting on a second watch now. Because how the fuck does that happen? Right. Because uh, on top of everything else, there's time travel. Like, it's it's such a weird thing like you you were right like this universe is just so convoluted already like from from movie one like yeah. you like and then the Cenobites there they are like in the use they're just kind of window dressing to the entire plot like it, the plot's about Frank and yeah, like exactly. Frank and Frank doing shit and then of course like the Cenobites like the, the designs aren't explained like I mean it, they don't need to be quote unquote explained because you know otherworldly shit is fine but like um, to call back to another otherworldly movie we talked about. With, like, kind of the same problem, uh, Color Out of Space. At, yeah. At yep. least in Color Out of Space, the otherworldly shit, quote unquote, makes sense. Because it's otherworldly. Yeah. And because it under- comes from outer space. You understand, <laughs> like, <laughs> because it came from, yeah, like, you, you understand that this isn't part of our world. And it's like, it would, it would fit better if we understood completely, like, that this was indeed. This was from hell, and this is tapping into hell, and we had a firm grasp on that. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely, because... Um, for example, at the end, uh, Kirstie's boyfriend comes in on the, you know, runs into the fire to save her, like, and he sees the Cenobites, yes. right? So that brings the question, okay, so what does that mean? Once the box is open, everyone can, is experiencing this. Um, like, you don't know exactly, like, from the beginning, you don't know if it's happening to just the person who opened the box. Yes. You don't you don't know if it's happening everywhere else. And yeah, at the like end, you did opening yeah. it unleash hell everywhere, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. So I'm like, okay, so explain that. You know? Yes. You <laughs> uh, you need you need a firm set of rules when you're establishing a universe. Or like you need at least like if you want to keep stuff mysterious, I get it. Cause like the Cenobites are otherworldly. And there's like just seeing them if they if the like I wish there was like a unifying aesthetic. That I guess it's the Clive Barker problem too, right? Like <laughs> I wish like the guy at the end looked more like a Cenobite instead of like a weird skeleton fucking thing. You, you, yeah, yeah, but you know what though? But like that's like I read somewhere though that, that, that that's what they are. They're complementary pieces to the bigger picture. Okay. Um, yeah, they're not really. They're like death dealers, you know what I mean? Like right. they they get sent to you know to to inflict pain and pleasure. You know what I mean? Like they don't they aren't the ones controlling everything. Right. Um, which brings to question: What the fuck was that flying thing? You know? And is that Asian guy the devil too? 
You know, that's, that's is, true. A, is the Asian guy like fucking Shao Kahn, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, your soul is mine. Yeah, fucking transforming into shit. No, no, was it? Uh, no, Shang Tsung. Yeah. Shang Tsung. Yeah, yeah. So Shang like, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's it was very confusing. I didn't like it because for what it was worth, it ended. You know, it oh was, yeah, it, it was that's done. It, yeah, it was done. You know, so like them, her throwing the box in the fire was enough for me i didn't need to see like i wish if the old man was there um yeah the old man or the homeless guy was there and he picked it up and he burnt up i wish he just would have burnt up and that's it you know what i mean like just burnt himself up and and disappeared with the box no trace you know body gone flame stopped just kind of dust you know and then movies end because then you're like oh shit so it came from hell you know and then you're like oh then you have more questions you know um, but it just goes back into this time warp, which kind of stops your questioning of where the box came from. You're like, wait a minute, what just happened? And that's how I feel right now. Like, man, there's a lot of problems with the story. And again, that's Clive Barker. Like that. That's why I was surprised Midnight Meat Train was so was so linear. You know, right. it was uh, you could follow the, you can follow the story. Lord of Illusions, for example, that shit was a fucking headache to watch, dude. It took me several tries to watch it, and then I had to watch it again to understand. Oh, I don't like this movie. <laughs> yeah, um, it's all visual. You know, I remember again. I saw it younger. I rented it from Blockbuster Video, dude. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, R.I.P. I rented it from. I was like, yo, this shit looks fucking dope. Clive Barker. You know, I know the name from Hellraiser. All right, it should be good. Again, that was the younger me. Now I'd be yeah, like, huh. it's, you know? it's like I said, it's, it was Edge Lord us. Yeah, <laughs> it was the ones who were like, yeah, give me the darkest shit. Exactly. Me, let me watch Faces of Death. It's yeah. like, yeah, mom, I love Satan. You know, <laughs> it's like Metallica, baby. You know, metal. Um, yeah, let you me know, watch. Let me watch Faces of Death. Five. Rebel against the system oh. and all that shit. Watch crazy shit. Watch Rotten.com, You know. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh R- R.I.P. Like that's a thing. You know, does it still exist? If I'm not, you know, you know now what, you know. Yeah, I'm not gonna Google it. Like if it, if it still exists, it's out there. I'm gonna Google it later. <laughs> I'll let you know. Yeah, let me know if it's still a thing. Or, um. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but you know what is still a thing though? Um, Hellraiser. Apparently, oh, Hellraiser is right. being remade. I'm, yes. I'm very curious. I am so curious. They said it was what a reimagining of the universe, or something. Yeah, like, that? like so, it's gonna be new, but also faithful to like the the spirit of the original. You know, it's but, what people okay, say. Okay, like, okay. what does that yeah. mean? What does that mean? <laughs> You know, yeah. the spirit of the original. What does that mean? Because the original doesn't have a lot of spirit. If by spirit you mean good practical effects, okay, I'm down. Yeah, yeah. Like if, if you're gonna just throw a bunch of visuals at me, at least make them practical. Okay? Yeah, like if we're gonna get like a movie, like if you're gonna do the Cenobites, you gotta do like I want to see modern day Cenobites, like you know, with modern day practical effects and good budget, then cool. Give me that shit. You, but, you know, you got to bring what's his name back as Pinhead. Is he, can he still do it? Uh, Doug Bradley. I mean, he's yes. older. Um, he's he he's can, definitely older now. You can put the makeup on him, right? Like, you can still. Oh, just real quick. Ron.com is offline. Oh, R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true R.I.P. <laughs> but yeah, but um, all right. So back to Hellraiser. Um, uh, all right. So. <laughs> 
have you seen the other sequels? There's a bunch of shitty ones. I mean, they're all shitty. Now, so, I think thinking back, they're all shitty. I have to rewatch two. I have some hope for two still until I rewatch it. But the others I deem shitty. And the first one, I deem kind of shitty too. No, because um, like I was saying, like uh, I only saw like part of Hellraiser. And then, okay. then again, like, you know, I've okay. only seen it like three times in my life at this point. All right. So uh, yeah. Hellraiser Bloodline. I think it's the third one or the... I think, it's, I think that's part two, right? No, the, blood, no. I don't think blood, part two has a tag, does it? He, I When I was looking up for for this show, it's like Bloodline, Blood something, Hellraiser 2. Um, Because I'm pretty sure. You know what? Oh, oh, Hellbound. There we go. Okay. I was Hellbound. thinking Hellbound. Then. Yeah. Okay. Bloodline, I think it's part three, but okay. whatever. Um, it, it doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> yeah. The specifics don't really matter right now, but Bloodline covered the creation of the lamenco figuration okay. right um it went back to this like really smart architect kind of stuff and uh he was like what exactly happened Something so so eventually happened. they so eventually they do explain yes what this they thing do. is okay. they do the creator um got visions of the devil or something like that and told him to create this or some shit like that right okay. um so that story is interesting. It depends. If you want to make a remake of Hellraiser, you have to be smart with it. Because there's a lot of things you can pick at, obviously, as we just picked at. Obviously, the central story with Larry and Frank really does not matter. So you don't even have to have a Frank or a Julia. You know what I mean? Uh, if if the spirit is what you're talking about, the spirit is the Cenobites and the box. So everything else is just supplemental so you, you know? can you uh, i mean for example you can just throw it into any story right like if you can you can create i'm i'm just saying like what what you're saying it's like jumanji you know right. how jumanji like they found the board game on the beach right it's the same thing with the box like that's the way honestly that it should be that's the way that it has been but they haven't really done a good job of making good movies out of it you know right um so one task that it would be cool to see is um more of a focus on the box right um, because like, like it's it like, is the door right you know? so it's like how the box fucks up a family like if you're gonna do a family or like a set of characters it would be like oh someone finding the box bringing it home and then opening it at home and then oh there you go yeah like one thing they can do, right? A family moves into that house that was supposedly gone, right? Oh, there what you go. What if it's fifty-five something drive or whatever it was that's the address? True. Was, uh, yeah. What if what if the remake's like, oh, here's a new house that they built, and then you know they find old pictures of the <laughs> and they find the box in the basement, like buried yeah. in the cross pitch or something, right? Yeah, because it was in the foundation of the house. Yeah, um, and and then a kid finds it and figures out how to open it or something. You remember how um in, in that awful Predators a movie that anyone that came out yes that kid was smart and figured out how to use the the machine or whatever the predator alien tech right, right. so th- that could be the same thing you know it's like a kid figures it out it's like oh shit some kind of whiz kid you know um always include a whiz kid because you can blame a whiz kid for everything um, <laughs> they're, they're, they're too smart for their own fucking good um it's like act your age kid right <laughs> um if you if you're acting your age you wouldn't be trying to solve this box but you'd be playing video game so he opens a box maybe accidentally maybe he kind of figures it out on purpose you know um he he does research you know, online because now we have the internet right. so now they can go back and look into this box and who created it and then you can have a short little story of the art uh, you know of that bloodline story that you threw in there that oh sir whatever you know 
um, knew the, the Marquis de Sade and, you know, the whatever and all this shit. So you can. Oh, yeah. Show, do yeah. that. Do that thing where they always do in movies where someone's doing research and it's like the old picture. And then you have like, a, you know, where it's like the the. Um, like the medieval shit, you have like a medieval drawing of like pinhead. Yes, and, like, <laughs> yes that'd be fucking great. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. so like they can, you know, because pinhead essentially is a demon. You know, he's, a, right. he's just a demon. Um, he's not the man down there. So, um, he's just somebody who comes and inflicts some pain. He's a special kind of demon. That's his thing. So it'd be cool to kind of see that angle um it's listen like I, I don't expect greatness you know i expect good visuals i don't expect greatness from the story i expect a story that at least can keep it together in terms of just understanding and and being like well paced you know yeah like hellraiser like watching it again it's the longest fucking hour and 30 minutes i've ever dude seen. like <laughs> it's so again fucking long. i watched this movie today right and uh-huh. i had to stop a couple times and i was like how much how much did i watch <laughs> i'm like I don't, it's like i watched 30 minutes and how much is left like why there's so much time left dude like, i yeah. felt like you just watched a lot of movie and every time yeah. i paused it i'm like why there's so much time left and that's not good like it's if so if I have long. to question runtime while I'm watching the movie, um, it's not good. So you know, just to wrap this conversation of Hellraiser up, how do you think uh, they should take on this new remake? I mean, I I like your ideas. Uh, I like I said, I really just want like like if you're gonna do Cenobites, don't use. We need to see them more. Like that's just uh, right off the bat. We need to see them more, and like they look good in the in the OG one. Oh, they still um, look good. The some of the sequels explain how uh, like one or two of those Cenobites got the way they are. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, like the woman with the throat split, which looked very phallic, by the way. She appears, I think, in Bloodline, and um, is um one of the people that falls in love with like the person who creates the box or some shit like that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. You know, it, I don't need that. Like, no. I don't, but you I don't know need what? To though? know why they're why they but look you know the way what, they though? do. Like, yeah. they those make for the better stories, in my opinion, because you can like it'd be cool to just tell the stories of how the Cenobites got like that. Honestly, because you want to know, like, wait a minute, like, didn't wait, 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 didn't they do a Hellraiser like a remake one? How they told the story of Pinhead or something? Oh yeah, wasn't that like the last one they did? That's generations or something, or regeneration yeah. or something. I didn't, oh my I, god! I, did they try that already? <laughs> I, I, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. I have to you, see that to see how terrible it is. You know what? I, at the end of the day, I just want a uh, I want a good movie, and like Hellraiser, it's I there's there's not a lot of expectation for it, like you said, because you know this. Why this is first it called one, Hellraiser? <laughs> you know, it's not like you're raising hell totally. You're just afflicting this one dude. <laughs> yeah. It's like kind of um, like it's yeah, it's kind of hell. Kind of. And then hellraiser. like you know, if you don't touch the box, you're good. It seems like because Frank I didn't want Julia to touch the box. Remember? So you know, it's uh the threat is not really there per se. It's there when they are. You know, obviously. Um, but you have to be the one to open the box. You actually have to physically open the shit. So if you never fucking touch this little lament configuration box, these Cenobites will never kind of, you know, pop out. Yeah, dude. Uh, it was, uh, it was, it's a disappointing movie in hindsight, you know, like, yes. I, like after like loving it when I was younger, it's cool for the visuals. Um, I like the Cenobite stuff and the lament configuration ideas. I don't like the story Barker created around those ideas. Right. Um, the story, I think, unfortunately brought down his main 
uh, focal point, which was, you know, a Hellraiser and company in the box. It was it, it was poorly executed. Um, I think he should have left that to a different director, maybe. Like, I, I think he would have had a better perspective of maybe just, you know, writing the screenplay and having somebody else with a different... Yeah, someone um, who knows how to make a movie. ...unbiased perspective kind of make this movie for you. Yeah. You know, because I think he was maybe flexing his Clive Barkerness, you know, his, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, because you don't see Stephen King directing any fucking movies. Well, he did once, but it was trash, right? Or something like that. What was it? Was it? Didn't he do Maximum Overdrive? I think so. I think that was his first. Was that his first one? Yeah, I, it's the one I remember. He did. It's the one I like <laughs> with Amelia, right? Yeah, <laughs> actually, that was pretty good. I like that one. It was it, It's like it. it I don't want to derail this too much, but it's like, yeah, it probably will help, like, hold up in the same way Hellraiser does. Like, I'm pretty sure I like it more in my memory. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing it recently, and I remember seeing Emilio running and a fucking truck just chasing. And I'm like, huh, that looks hilarious. Um, so it doesn't really visually hold up because you don't see anybody driving the truck. No. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I think Barker should have stepped back a little bit and um and given the filmmaking like reigns to somebody who kind of knew how to how to tie everything together because again the story is there but you have to kind of dissect it and make it honestly though like the story isn't there like there is something you can hold on to there to make it flow but i guess he chose the wrong parts um because what we see on screen doesn't really add up at the end of the day especially with the ending that he gave us um i wish i wish i would have known more about the actual book i believe he wrote a book about it right yeah this was a book i i I think i have to read the book to see what details there are in the book and if it flows like the same story we see in the movie because if it does pretty shitty book because you know it's it's all visuals man it's all visuals unfortunately hellraiser you know you've been bumped down and like you know the list because of this because you are not really a big threat unless somebody actually summons you yeah dude i'm good off hellraiser right now man yeah yeah good for a while i, I probably won't see the reboot until we see like a trailer and then i'll be like hmm. but even I'll then s- you can't trust the trailer either because even like- then i'll tell you how shitty it is when i see <laughs> it <all> right? <laughs> But um, but yeah, like Barker, like has good stories. Again, um, just to wrap up this little conversation about Clive Barker, I'm not sure when we'll talk about him again. Um, no shit, because I I don't right yeah him. yeah um, <laughs> maybe when we do a Midnight Meat Train show, I'm not sure if that's coming down the line anytime soon. But no no, gonna... go watch Midnight Meat Train <laughs> if you are interested in Clive Barker stuff. Um, and a good story that you can actually follow. Watch Midnight Me Train. Bradley Cooper's in it. He's actually good in this one. Oh, not, not a Bradley Cooper fan, but he was good in this movie. Vinnie Jones is in it. I think it's a well thought out movie. It was very uh, underrated. It has a um, cool ending. And uh, enjoy that one. Um, I would watch Hellraiser if you haven't. Because if you haven't, then it'll definitely kind of be visually stunning. Yeah, um, it's, it's one yeah. of those things where, like, as a horror fan, I would say maybe look up some clips on YouTube or, yeah. like, wherever you but, can find some horror clips, you know? But, Tex, if they are listening and they haven't seen it, I don't think they're going to watch it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like Tex said, you can probably catch 
the good five minutes of Cenobites on YouTube somewhere. Oh, yeah. You don't have to sit through the uh, the other hour and 25 minutes of the fucking movie. And that's it for this one, folks. Episode 31 of the official Corpse Feed podcast, The Morgue. Make sure you guys go to all the social feeds, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and uh, follow us. Follow me on Instagram. You are not following on Instagram, people. I have 13,000 on Facebook. I should have about the same on Instagram. <laughs> Give or take a 1,000. Yeah, guys, go check out the feeds. I'm putting exclusive stuff on Instagram, like I said I was last week. Um, and uh, go check out Glenn Murawski's music. Um, it's pretty cool instrumental stuff um, that, that he has on SoundCloud. He's the man responsible for our intro and hopefully our outro down the line. And um, again, oh, I say it all the time. And uh, I beat it more than ever these days. It's a scary world out there. But we're here to walk through it. Mm-hmm.